What's going on, everybody, and welcome into the 11th installment of Dogs Football Podcast with your host once again, Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch on this Friday, August 14th. Noah, what's going on today? Yeah, we're back in studio. We got some good news this week, and we got some bad news this week. We'll discuss what's going on within the program, and let's get to it. Yeah, let's get to it, and we do have a lot of stuff to cover. Some breaking news, like three different types of uh, stuff to mention right away, but let's get into the one we just found out today, Noah. Uh, our all-linebacker leading tackler from this past season, Bryson Strong, he's been uh, the driving force from our for our defense, arguably, since he's been in a full-time role. It was announced today that uh, Nick Hill said that he'll be out a while. What are the... Some quick details on him. We'll play a video that uh, Nick met with the media earlier and talked about it. You can just play the video. He has all the details. Uh, Bryson will be out. Bryson will, uh, had surgery. Uh, he had surgery on his shoulder and his, uh, um, on his finger. And so he'll, but we, we made that decision, acted on it pretty quickly. Uh, we got surgery a month ago and I made it more than that. And so, uh, we should be getting Bryson back around uh, probably after that bye week in the, in the season and get him ready to go for the second half of the season. Um, That's kind of crazy because we had no idea. You know, we had <clears throat> expectations for him to lead the way on defense right away. You know, I we talked about in the last pod when he had a when he had an interview that he mentioned that they were, like, after a scrimmage, he mentioned that they were dealing with some injuries. We don't know if that's what he was talking about. We were kind of wondering, just in general, who that could be. That necessarily that wasn't meeting him maybe at that time. I mean, a month ago, Noah. I mean, this is our, one of our heart and souls of our defense, and now he's out for a while. Yeah, that's a big hit to our defense. One of our leaders on that defense, a play caller, uh, communicates well, a very good tackler, like you said, led the team in tackles. Uh, yeah, we got some good depth on that position, though. We know that we landed transfer from Bowling Green, uh, third-team All-Mac, Colby Coleman. We assume he will slide in now. So that is a great spot that we got lucky, landed him. So that just shows our it's going to test our depth really well in the linebacking core. But, yeah, losing Bryson, he's one of the heart and soul of the team, always energetic, always smiling, having a good time, and loves the game of football. Yeah, and we've talked about Colby Coleman quite a bit. We know that Nate talked about him however long ago about instant impact kind of guys. And we obviously we've talked about the linebacking, the line, starting linebacking core and who was going to start and who wasn't. We mentioned some others. Uh, we figure Colby might have worked his way in there, but he's a f- for sure in there now because uh, we figured he'd be uh, like a bowling ball style, kind of like how Bryson would to clog the run and probably be inside, right, wouldn't you say? Yeah, he'll take – I think he'll slide in there right where Bryson was in the middle linebacking core. Yeah, because now you add definitely with uh, Mikel and then Bryce, more sideline to sideline guys than now uh, Colby can. And he said the bye week. So at what point is that? Or how many games through is that and after what game? He said the bye week, which is not until the like – the late October, he said getting ready for the second half of the season. So you're looking back, his first game back would be October 30th at Northern Iowa. Yeah, it's a big game. We know we played them last year. We know they'll be better than they were. Um, so, yeah, as long as he's right, second half, as long as we can just sustain consistency before then, you know, not drop any games we shouldn't. We know, obviously, we're playing some big games, and one in particular, which we'll get to here in a little bit more details about. 
that we we want it all hands on deck, and it's unfortunate that he won't be able to play in that one. But uh, we're hoping we can ride the ship until he gets back. So that's that's probably the biggest of news to get to because we found that out today. But now, Noah, let's get into some more news we found in the last couple of days. Todd Hefferman of Southern Illinois tweeted about um, stuff within uh, you know wins and losses and potential forfeits for this season because uh, we know we talked about how Kansas State. Since we're playing them, obviously, we know a little bit about them, that they're going to be doing that for the Big 12, and we were just curious if it was going to happen to us. No, let's get into some stuff that Todd mentioned, because this is pretty big deal stuff. Yeah, the, that the Missouri, Missouri Valley Football Conference uh, two days ago, I believe, voted that uh, that there's going to be a no contest in this year, so that if you are if a team's not eligible to able to play because of a COVID-19 related reason, it will be a forfeit. It will be called a no contest via the NCAA rules. So uh, that will be a win or loss in your standings if it affects your team. Yeah, and, and, and that would suck if, like, that ha- would happen to us, you know, because we, you know, because as we know that we got uh, two teams that bail on us this past season. So, and we didn't get anything for it. We had to schedule the game that we did, and we wanted to get in. Um so we're fortunate in that sense then, but yeah, would they're just you know they're drawing down stricter stricter rules. They want teams to abide by uh, protocols and all that stuff to where they wouldn't have any issues. We know they're they're all pretty much like we said the 85% threshold uh, of vaccinations that you know if they get it it would be spreadable, but it wouldn't be you know for themselves it wouldn't be too bad for them to get it. You know more it'd be more minor symptoms related but yeah they want they just want people to follow the rules and stick to it this whole season even though it's not like they already have a lot of stuff to worry about we thought you know especially since because we talked about before how we uh you know knew kind of, we know what to expect with it because we dealt with it last year and we did pretty well at it that it wouldn't be an issue for us but um and you know in, in the grand scheme we'd say well if a team we're playing this year has to bow out because of it we get a win but you know we want to earn that win so it's better than having teams, you know, prepare for a week and then it bail out. So all that work was for nothing. I guess it's in the same, in the same uh, kind of thing. But at least we could get a win for it. So let's hope our guys stay healthy with that. That is pretty big news. We're glad Todd came out with that because we were wondering that ourselves. Now, Noah, the third biggest thing of uh, uh, news of all. We'll get into some other things to finish this thing out here shortly. But Noah, we added a new commit in the last coming days. That is correct. We found out a last couple days that Ryan Shanley, the second at a out of Canton, Georgia, plays for Cherokee High School, is a six four, two hundred eighty five pound offensive lineman. So we are starting and building in the trenches. We know that we have a very deep veteran offensive line. We will get to them a little bit later, but this with Jimmy. Jimmy, last time, now we're adding Ryan. We are starting up front and building a strong core for the future on the offensive line. Yeah, we mentioned how most of our offensive linemen, besides some new ones we brought in, like our most obviously experienced ones, will be gone after this season. So it's nice to keep refreshing, like we mentioned. And we've seen that Jimmy and him are already tweeting at each other how pumped they are. That's arguably the the left side of our offensive line going because it says Ryan, he can play probably anywhere. Definitely a guard position so you know he's very active he's already got it on his bio that he's on the foot he's a football commit and he was we were gonna wait till later but everyone has seen that Zebion, 
bulk runs, 800-pound squat. The last couple of days, that was getting uh, notoriety and exposure from uh, high major things, calling him the uh, the strongest man in, in the nation or whatever. I mentioned that just because Ryan quoted that on his tweet and said, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is a squat with a bunch of emojis. So he's pumped out about that, just showing how invested he is already, like how we know Jimmy is. And uh, so that adds Noah now to our 2022 class. Quickly, that or we we know the names because I know last time we talked about because we talked so many times about them and we say their position and stuff. But we I guess let's, let's just get a rundown on uh, guys that all these people should pretty much already know by now. Yeah, we have uh, two offensive linemen now: Jimmy Lansing, a three-star tackle from Chaminade out of St. Louis. You add Ryan Chanley the second; he is a offensive lineman probably play guard at his size. Then you have uh, Jalen Banks, a defensive tackle, three-star out of Luther North out of St. Louis as well, 6'4", 270. Then you have the athlete, not – he'll decide when he gets here, quarterback slash DB, Brian Brown, which was our first commit. He has gotten things rolling, and hopefully more things will come. You're right, because we were talking about how the, much this COVID year – has made a difference in terms of obviously um, people and how long they've been at the school and how long they have left in the school that we didn't know how big maybe our 2022 class could be. It's how many players is that now five? We know we're in on a lot more, you know, the Miles Marshalls of the world. And there's really no update on anybody else, right, other than, you know, for 2022 updates. No, there is no other updates. We have not had anybody else for visits. We're focused on the season, not really offering guys anymore that I see – that has been known for anybody else, so uh, we're sticking to it. I know we're up to, what is that, four guys? We've got two linemen, a defensive lineman, and an athlete, so we're up to four, and we got a short list up to maybe 15 guys, I think. And, yeah, talk. We, we, we talked a little bit about this, how big the class may be. I know I think last time I mentioned on the last pod we had – I think I counted 17 or 18 seniors alone, but Nick said we had a hundred and what was it, 111 or 111. One, one of those, one of the, that many guys in camp. So yeah, if you take 15 or, or 17 or 18, like I said, off that, that's not a lot of depth. That's not a lot of room to bring guys in, but I'm sure, I'm sure we'll probably bring in about 15 or so guys. I'm, wouldn't be surprised if there was less or, or more. I mean, it's all up to the staff, and I'm sure they'll get it done. Yeah, and we mentioned just those two, getting those two guys at offensive line. We know we have we have other young guys and guys that have, have a lot more years left for them on the offensive line. So, obviously, yeah, keep building on that would be nice. And you mentioned how, you know, we're focused on this season, so I'm sure, you know, it's kind of going to uh, be low-key low for a little bit on this. It'll ramp back up, obviously, once the season, you know, is close to ending or obviously next offseason. Pretty big time, though. You mentioned, yeah, Brian, having an athlete, quarterback, or defensive back, two big-time offensive linemen and two and a big-time defensive tackle. We mentioned uh, there are other teammates over there at Lutheran High in St. Louis we could maybe get down the road as well. So we'll, we'll keep keeping an eye out on all of that. So welcome, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, looking at our offensive line, we have – because of COVID, I'm just going by what the what the roster says. Uh, Bo Brannion's left tackle is only a sophomore. We know Xavion, our left guard, he's our anchor forever. He's our senior. He'll be gone. Uh, Calvin Francis probably going to be our center. He'll he'll be only he's only a junior. 
Chase Evans is only a redshirt freshman. Lucas Davis is a junior as well. And we know that in the last this year's class, we brought in freshman John Nally and freshman Ethan Tyler. So we have some guys, and we got guys behind them that are only junior and sophomores and a couple freshmen. So bringing in depth, and by the time John and Ethan are seniors and these two are juniors, our offensive line is going to be really good. Yeah, and really big. We know how big Jimmy is, and that's he's the biggest tackle we've seen here in a while. So as long as we sustain that size, because we've mentioned multiple times before, the teams, other teams that we play, we wonder why our offensive line can never be that big. And so we're hoping that that's – uh, step in the right direction. Yeah, well, when John Nally's a senior, he'll, he's at 6'6 six, six at right tackle, and Jimmy at 6'7 at left tackle. That is a huge offensive line. Especially with them. We've seen both their tapes. They both have quick feet. They're both, you know, they're not just goons out there, you know, getting beat sometimes. Everybody's going to get beat, but having that quick feet, and, you know, we're thinking Trevor Olsen and them can definitely build up these guys. We'll get more video on the offensive line here in a little bit. So now, like I said, welcome Ryan to what we're building here and continue to build. Now, Noah, this is actually, you could say we it's the fourth big news um, recently that we found out uh, a couple days ago that SA football is having a fan fest, and that's pretty big news. It says it returns, obviously, in the past year we haven't had one due to COVID, and, you know, obviously we know COVID's still around. It's still just as potent as it has been since it started but they're still doing this thing it'll be outside at saluki stadium as we know august 25th from seven to eight o'clock no as soon as we saw this we knew for a fact obviously we were going to be there that's a wednesday correct wednesday yes so yeah yeah as soon as we saw we know we'll we'd be attending just like the basketball open house i don't i think also it's not only for football but you see your soccer volleyball and uh somebody else there cheer maybe somebody i think they mentioned four sports or something but you'll come out and see these not only the football team but these other programs that we are building here at southern illinois and so we are happy to see that we're glad that we didn't have one last year we were wondering if they'd have something when we went to the basketball one for football and so that's good to see we're excited for it yeah, it's great to see it we're glad that it's outside as well we knew that how compact it seemed at the basketball open house that and we're glad this one's outside and you're right there's a lot of players to get to know we're not sure if it'll be that exact obviously because footballs or basketball is a lot smaller in terms of players clearly that we're thinking that those opportunities might not be there there probably be a lot of people since there's a lot more seats out in the stadium and yeah you mentioned cheerleading volleyball and soccer will be there as well as we know uh, girls soccer has been underway with their exhibition games they'll be starting up soon so we know they're, this is only their second year in the program, so hopefully a lot of fans come out to support that, as we will as well, to support uh, the future that they have. So that's pretty big news is just have a bunch of stuff for kids and a lot of stuff. They'll just be speaking, I'm sure, kind of like how basketball was, and it'll just be cool to see knowing that we're this close to the season. So we had to get that out there as well. Uh, now, Noah, getting into some of the camp stuff, as we know, in our last pod we had some footage from there as well and from the latest we'll go back from when it started from this previous week up until today's content uh, they were working on they said that practice number five was in the books that was on august 9th and august 9th was a pretty uh, big day for one in particular uh no as we know hunter milligan of the football team uh he is a year younger than you he went to marion he was a pretty quality uh football player in his uh, or final years at uh, Marion. And he got rewarded with something pretty special um, that day. 
by his teammates. So we'll play a quick video of that and uh, the emotions that were felt in that video. They're all celebrating. He gets in to say that obviously he is on scholarship. That's always uh, we love seeing those videos. No, we see him in all types of uh, all types of programs, all types of a lot of stuff, and it's cool to see. I don't think we've seen one of these at SLU in a while, and, and you know we both know Hutter, so this, we know he's been there a while and worked hard. So um, that's that's a cool moment in it. Yeah, it's a really really good. Those those videos was always the best to see. Um, he, yeah, like you said, he's a year younger than I am. He uh, graduated in 17 from Marion High School. I believe he was originally committed to Quincy for football at a high school, but he decided to go to SIU to explore, and he walked on the football team. And he's put in a lot of work, and he was a really good player in high school, and he's put in the work over there, and he has made it going. It's really cool to see, especially if we know the kids. So, yeah, like you said, we haven't seen that a lot at SIU, but those videos make everything absolutely incredible to see the work the work and the great things. You work hard, great things will happen to you, and that's what's happened with him. Exactly, and we know we're pretty deep at receiver, and I think wasn't it that Todd that said that he's been having a pretty good camp, so it's, you know, even though he's in his final years here, they're going to reward him, but I think it's, yeah, like we said, well-deserved because he's been playing well. Yeah, absolutely. I believe it was last year when the two deep, depth chart came out he was second right he was second in line behind Landon Lenore at that position at that slot of the wide receiver group so he, he puts in the work and great things are, are to come for him if I'll be I if someone if there's an injury or something on the receiving core we we know we can go to a guy that's a veteran and true and we can count on him if we need him you're right so that's great to see congrats to Hunter on that um might be seen in some games this season we'll see so we also have some quick videos uh, later in that, uh, some uh, some of Coach Hill speaking at these training camps. This was on, this one was from August 11th. What's up, Gridiron Club? Uh, just coming off the field, practice seven, first day we were able to go uh, full live contact. It was good for everybody, coaches included, to get back out here. And we had referees, we're excited. Uh, still got a long way to go. We're going to continue to put our head down and work and know that the, the work's never really finished putting this team together, but got a great group of guys. And, uh, as always, I can't tell you how much we appreciate you. We're excited that, uh, fans are coming back. We get to see a lot of you. Um, can't wait for you guys to, to see these guys September 2nd. You watch the three cone tackle. We got to continue to, to grow in that area. That's the one thing I said it on the first day of practice, right? It's blocking, tackling, takeaways. All right, and tackling, it might be the hardest thing that you have to do in sports. So you have to dive into the details. And the days that we do crank it up, and maybe individually you might only get two or three opportunities to work on that craft. So you really have to be in temple, and I think we can get better at this. I know I can as a coach, and I'm 
this summer you can ask the coaches, send them cutouts and clips on, like, why are some people good tacklers and some people aren't? And it's a lot of having a great plan when you're getting there and being in position and knowing that you can just get a ball carrier on the ground. You mentioned tackling, and as we know, know this past year was very difficult for our team to do that. He said you have to have a plan, and we're we're thinking now, which it's it sucks that Bryson's now out because that would have helped the overall, you know, uh, you know, the fact that they'd be better on improvement is the word I was just looking for improvement in that sense. Uh, so they're doing that. They're also talking about having having referees, and I know a lot of other programs are doing that. They always do that, but that just inches us closer and closer. That's good that they're. Hopefully they're making the right calls and getting these guys in the right state of mind of what they can and can't do out there. Yeah, uh, as you said, tackling was a major issue for us last year at some points. I know we allowed last year in 10 games, we allowed five teams to rush over 200 yards in a game against us, and South Dakota State did it twice. And uh, tackling right there is a big part of that, and we know that we, we've mentioned it before, Jawan Blankenship going out, he that's the run stopper up the middle. But we know, uh, I know Todd Hefferman wrote an article the other day about uh, Saluki's rebuild run defense from front four, and they say that they could, we've talked about the depth on the D-line, they could go more than eight deep on the D-line this year. So if those guys stay healthy, I don't think we'll see a lot. I mean, I know we only played 10 games, but if five teams go over 200-yard mark on us this year, I'll, there's something up. You're, you're right on that. We're thinking that's why we brought in the guys that we did to improve that. And I think, you know, we know that as fans, and we know the coaches know that that's been issues for sure. And as we know, as a running team ourselves, that, you know, some games they can just be to- totally taken away. So we need to – and they watch a lot of film. They know a lot more than we do and what they should do. But, you know, they watch film of other teams, how they, you know, how they – play defense on them. It's just all kinds of stuff they can watch and learn and grow from. So we're really hoping, we're really hoping that that uh, gets going for them. And you mentioned the defensive line. The next day on the 10th, the defensive line had a chance to talk to some of the media. And we know Jordan Berner, who got left off some of these lists, that has something to improve. He had a great year in the spring. He's looking to bounce off that and some coaches talk as well. Expect a lot of him as a leader. You know, he's been leading those young guys and you know, telling them where to go. Same with Keenan, Burner. Like those guys, we got Burner playing inside, outside. You, know, you don't know where he's going to line up, but that's his maturity, how far he's come along. See all the guys we had last year just growing and gotten better, and then we had some really nice additions to the D line. Kevin, he's from San Diego. He, he's a bright one. You know, I'm excited to see him play with hands, get on blocks. Uh, Richie Haggerty, you know, he's really good with his fans. Plays hard, too. You know, you see him running down the quarterback a lot out here. Uh, Box, uh, that's another one that's coming up. Uh, I think they can do a lot of special things for him right now. You know, he's, uh, he reminds us of a guy that we had here in the past. I'm not going to say much. I'll just let y'all figure it out when he comes out on the field. Uh, Janini Bell's there. Uh, he's making some improvements, too. Uh, Devin Love, you know, he's improving. The Hunter played a little bit during the last two playoff games. Those some good experiences from him. Hey, 
know, I, I just really think this year, you know, we're a lot deeper and stuff. We're going to have a really good rotation. We can be as good as we want to be. I think the, I think the sky isn't even the limit for us. That's great to hear how confident they are on themselves. And even they went through, you know, Keenan Agnew there, which all those guys spoke. It was Anthony. It was defensive line coach. I don't want to butcher his name. Uh, that him, Burner, Anthony, and Keenan were all talking about how excited they are going through the death. We've, we've talked about the death multiple times. They're, they're all going through it, talking about how guys, if that can step in and play, they mentioned the new guys. One thing I didn't, they didn't mention Juwan Blankenship. I wonder what his, you know, we saw him tweet not too long ago about stuff, and we didn't hear his name in that. They didn't mention him. So kind of just has us wondering what his status is. But overall, Noah, that's a pretty good video. And, you know, our three leaders on that defensive line spoke some uh, good stuff. Yeah, uh, bringing back those three starters and Knight and Agnew and Jordan Burner are key. We know we got Kevin Glacian coming in. Uh, uh, but uh, I believe last year, with sometimes uh, sometimes of the game, we were missing three starters in that line. And we played about – usually played about eight or nine. We think they played nine guys. They said deep last year on the defensive line. We were just – but usually they uh, – I believe the – Petrino was talking and said some and uh, some uh, sometimes in 2019 they were playing 50-50 snaps like we said hockey subs we rotate them in and out but last year they were playing 80-20 snaps I mean that's those guys got worn down so much and it's just now that we have eight or nine guys we can play deep that's just so big for our run defense and to keep those guys fresh when it comes to those fourth quarters and we need to stop we know we can get one exactly and uh, yeah, they mentioned some of those players that got in the games that we honestly didn't. They make these subs so fast sometimes. You mentioned the snap count and that they want to probably even that out a little more that some of these guys we didn't even know really, or at least I didn't know that they were into the games, especially in the playoff games or, you know, those big like North Dakota State game and stuff, especially when we were when we were killing them. I think that's when they got some of the guys in to get some reps. Uh, but, yeah, overall, that's, that's pretty huge for them to talk about that. And as we know, Keenan talking about everybody else that, you know, we're hoping for a big bounce back here from him. Um, so overall, we're expecting a lot of depth at that position, as we talked about. We just want to know more about Jawan Blankenship, but I guess we will down the road. Yeah, they did mention a redshirt freshman, I believe, Gianni Belazare, however you pronounce his name. He's been He's been working with first team on the defensive line. So as a redshirt freshman, that's big. Uh, we know we have the three starters back, and we thought maybe Kevin Glacian – would slide in there, but uh, but it's huge. I mean, like we said, if they're going to go back to that 50-50 snaps rate, we're going to keep all four, both two, two in, two out, keep them fresh. So if you're going to play f- one front four, then sub in a whole nother front four. It doesn't matter if it's going to be 50-50. It doesn't matter who starts when we know we're going to get those guys, keep them fresh. And really good to see. Hopefully everybody can stay healthy. But, yeah, big big thing is I'd like to know about Jawan. If we could somehow uh, send out a message or something, find out how Jawan's doing. Like you said, he did tweet that he said he was close or something. Yeah, he, you know, he, there's a month this, left. Yeah, there's a month going. left before the season. But hey, we're ready. We know those guys are ready. They've been putting in the works. We can't wait to see that defensive line revamped and stop the run. Yeah, and you know all these different guys that can like, as we ex- we assume Kevin Glacian will come in and start just because of who he's been, what he's done. And he talks about the coach talks about him in terms of how he is as a person. And he comes in and he works hard. And he mentioned uh, Deshondre Foxworth, 
um, how my, how good he's been so far. And he was talking about, you know, he reminds him of a player they've had recently. I was thinking, obviously, that was Malik Haynes. Would you say that's who he was referring I to? I would say that was who he would be referring to. I mean, and we know how important Malik was on the field, off the field. We miss him. We missed him this past year. We talked about, but now the depth's there. So, hope Malik's doing well. I don't think we have an update on anything he's been up to. I know we still follow him. I think he's still trying for football. I'm not really sure exactly, but we know how important he was in his time, and that's who he was referring to, and we, we think. That's how uh, I'd assume. Uh, yeah, they also mentioned Richie Haggerty, that Miami-Ohio transfer. I mean, seeing these, the depth we have is going to be crazy this year on both sides of the ball, not only defense, but seeing, I think, looking at what I think of what would be the depth chart in my mind is those three starters plus, say, Gianni, if he's been running with the first team, those three, those four, then you run out a line of Glacian, Haggerty, Deshondrick Fosworth, and uh, if Jawan's healthy, something like that. Then we have others who I haven't mentioned, like the Tylen Driver who stepped in last Dante year, Cleveland. or Dante Cleveland. Those guys, the Reeves brothers are there. I mean, the depth is crazy. They are putting in work, and like uh, like you said, uh, like uh, it's it's up to them to find the best fit of who fits together. If they, if one line's working together, let's roll with that. Then we'll roll with the other four too. So can't wait to see what that line can do, and let's let's uh. Let's get ready for the season. Yeah, you're exactly right because, you know, we mentioned the depth chart on how we thought um, all the, you know, we figured Jawan would start at Glacier would start. That's that's who we think is the best, but we got to look at it in terms of, well, if we have our best starting, how's our second tier going to be? Exactly. So they got to space it out. They got to, um, you're right, get people who, they, who mesh well together and even it out like you would a batting order in baseball you can't have all your great guys at the top knowing that you're having some lowly guys at the end you got to space everything out how it is in every sport and that's that's our case here and uh you're right and they mentioned they mentioned all those guys but we didn't even because you mentioned dante and uh thailand that just shows that there's so many guys they can't even fit to talk about in these videos that's how deep we are that's how many good guys we have barring injuries that we don't know that some of these guys are like, we don't know the status of Juwan. We didn't know about Bryson at all. And he had surgery over a month ago. It's like, what? So it's all, that was blindside, let alone what we don't know going in. We'll see, you know, whether the team is there, we're thinking at the fan fest, we'll get an idea who's in a walking boot. Who's if, if there even is that we'll keep an eye on, on stuff like that. And then obviously the game one at SEMO, we'll see who's playing, who's not, who's on the sidelines. Yeah, uh, what did you say that fan fest was again? Twenty fifth Wednesday, August twenty fifth, seven to eight. So yeah, that's uh, a week away. That's uh, about a week, a week from this Wednesday. Yeah, yeah a week away. Then that puts us a week away from football season. So starting out a Thursday night at SEMO. So yeah, uh, to mention a little tidbit, I was doing the looking at the depth chart and looking at the roster. Uh, made the big catch in the playoff game. Uh, Combs uh, switched to outside linebacker apparently and switches number to 12 according to the roster which we knew he was he made the some he moved the chains a lot for our offense last year and uh Branson Combs if he's moving to linebacker from wide receiver we know we caught the big touchdown at Weber State that's that's a big move uh didn't expect that uh, I was looking to do the wide receiver depth and I immediately did not see him on there I was like okay where 
did he, he did he uh, we would have saw he left but uh he has apparently moved to outside linebacker yeah i know and uh uh overall it's pretty huge of <clears throat> you know in general what's going on so we're really glad that that's an update on everything going on there and yeah you mentioned fan fest and all that stuff we'll keep an eye out when that time gets here so Nick did also meet with uh, Mike Reese the next day on the 11th. Uh, it's pretty much same standard stuff. There wasn't any mention probably about uh, any injuries, which is not the bigger. We know, you know, things are improving. We'll try to get some more videos in here, but we know that one probably was just a continuation of talk about uh, updates and everything. And we also know that he talked to uh, Jason Petrino on the 13th. There's one on the 14th we'll get to. And uh, which is today, there was an interview, a couple interviews, and he talked to uh, defensive coordinator Jason Petrino, Mike did, did the other day, yesterday. Trying to get through some situation things. You know, it was good. We got a two-minute end, end of the game situation today. Uh, got to really focus on some third-down situations, knowing that second to third down, what we need to do on second and long and keep them in third and long, and so we got to execute those times. But we're still situational. We've got through, I'd say, about 80 85% of our install. Now it's just really that instant uh, situational football. We got to make sure we're taken care of. Were you good in the red zone last year? Did you feel? Uh, I would say by games, depending on the game, you could go back and look at games. You know, you and I, we played well down there in the red zone. We were able to get some stops, really forced them. We had a couple penalties that allowed them to extend some drives, but we still got some stops. But in other times, we've got to really bow up inside. You know, a lot of our red zone issues came down to late in the games, uh, whether it was SKSU, at Missouri State, things like that, where we got to do a lot of better job. Uh, firming up in the, in the second half. Of that. What, what should the defense be better at this year, Jason? Well, I think just our age of maturity. You know, we have a lot of bodies out there that are 30 years in this system. Uh, we haven't reinvented the wheel. We're just trying to tweak and get our guys to play at a high level and an understanding level. And like I said, if you look even from the short season to now, there's a lot of retention. Guys that have been in our system, you know, three, some two years, but some even three years, uh, there should be tremendous retention. And that's the good thing you're seeing our older guys really coach our younger guys uh, some of the details that we've emphasized during that time so we can as coaches spend more time on some of the other pitchers. But that's key because you got two new assistants, and so there's an impact there too. And so with veteran players, maybe it helps uh, negate those losses. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And Coach Carter, Coach Perry have been great for us, you know, really allowing them to work with certain positions, uh, bring their knowledge and experiences, and I've learned from them too. So it's been great for all of us. But obviously, we got to work to make sure everybody's on the same page. Your brother Jared left too. Yeah, he, he gets in there about his brother and how we let, how we know he left for personal reasons. So we respect the heck out of that. And we do bring in these new guys, as we mentioned before, Noah, and the impact they're apparently making. He just said there that they're learning from each other. We know that they come from big uh, programs or come from the NFL, and we know their relationships with Coach Hill. So you have that. He mentioned, you know, the red zone, different spots and different games, how uh, we can obviously improve. Um, and, you know, in, in the at the end of the day, you want to obviously – the red zone is the most important part of arguing the game on both sides. We know that we probably let up a lot of stuff on defense or didn't come through as much. We know we have a great kicker in Nico to get it done if we don't come through offensively, but defensively, Noah, um, it's so important. We, we talk about stopping the run, and he mentions the depth once again that we have all these veteran guys to make sure that teams definitely don't score within the red zone. Yeah, uh, he talked about some struggles game by game, by game he said, and – yeah, we both know that that that's true. Game by game, sometimes our defense look great, sometimes they look pitiful, and 
we were wondering what's wrong, but most of the time they were worn down. By the time sometimes the fourth quarter hit, they were playing 80-20 snaps, like I said, and those they just um, got worn down. And teams, if there was a drive on the line, teams were moving the ball with ease on us because our guys were worn down and we didn't have the depth that we needed that we do now. So that is big. So we have those guys back, and they will continue to work. We know that, and – we're ready for the season. Yeah, he didn't mention his brother leaving for personal reasons. That's absolutely okay. We're good with that. But the guys we got in there, yeah, like he said, working with the individual guys because we have the leadership of the older veteran players that we know. So that is big key. Yeah, that 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 group is going to be ready to go when the season gets here. Yeah, Jason Petrino. We 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 honestly don't talk about him enough. We sometimes he got confused with uh, what was his brother's name. Because it was Jason. Which one? Exactly. Jason, but the one who left. Bobby is his brother. Bobby, okay. No, Bobby is his brother at Missouri State, correct? Are they related? Couldn't tell you. But I just, we always, or I did, always confuse of uh, the names or whatever. But Jason is one that we honestly don't talk about enough or, uh, you know, doesn't talk about enough overall. We know he gets the respect in terms of, you know, the great job that he's done. And, um, you know, with this experience building on that he hopes and we hope that he's right. Because we, we've heard a lot of players in the past or especially the ones now that talk about how, um, you know, his his mindset, his ability to all these schemes and everything. He's a hard-nosed guy. He knows exactly what he's doing. We're honestly really glad to have him, especially if he can get that, you know, within the players of the respect and, you know, the ability to listen, be coachable, be uh, – um, whatever the other word is, to uh, be able to show out on the field. So really glad that Jason is here, continues to be here. Like we said, uh, good luck to his brother and everything he's going through. So His cousin is Bobby, who's at Missouri State. Okay. Yeah, but it's your brother's name. I think it starts with a J, too. I could Jason. There's Jason, I think... who, him, and his brother. We, he's exactly. Jason. Uh, it does not say anything about his brother and his bio on SIU's website. And his brother was like more of a, more of like a, a, a different kind of coordinator. Like we mentioned, uh, Mayhew, where the, one of the assistants that come in, he, I think he's doing what he did. It was like a, a, like a big time assistant of some kind and maybe special teams. Kind of, I think he was a special teams coordinator was his brother. So you look to him as we know. So that was on that day. And then here we are today, Noah, um, some talks about within the offensive line, but Mike also Jared, Jared, Jason, that, and Jared. There that's it is. correct. There it is. Nice work. So today, Mike got a chance to talk to Star Javon Williams on stuff today and stuff that's been going on. So many touchdowns and real games. When you score in practice in August, is it still hype? Oh, yeah, every time. I, I try to make it an accomplishment every practice to get as many as I can every time I run the ball. It's always a good feeling, like when I was a kid, so, yeah. yeah. Well, you look good. Do you feel good? Yes, sir, I feel 110%. I'm healthy, man. 110%? Yes, look at you put bigger numbers on. Yes, sir. It means you're absolutely healthy at the start of the year. So what difference will that make for you? Oh, uh, I can see a lot more confidence from the coaches allowing me to get more reps because last year they kind of did. They kind of... Baby me in a way. Now I'm not gonna say baby because that's a soft word, but they kind of 
help me along the way to where I can get back healthy without getting any more frequent uh, injuries, more like repetitive injuries. So oh, they want you yeah. to play every game. Yeah. Any exactly. other yeah. yeah. So you do that. How's the offense progressing? The offense is progressing well. Every day we're taking more steps. We're not taking any steps backwards, and it's going to be a good, a good offense. Where do you think? Where do you personally want to see the offense better? Um, I want to see better with our. Uh, let's say, let's say with the receivers, the route running, more passing. This where the offense, the quarterback and the receiver can be on the same page all the time. It's like the running back, so we get that together when we good. You have a feel now on August 14th how much quarterback you're going to play this year? Because um, it's too early. I don't know. I see. I think I'll have a lot of quarterback experience this uh, this year. So I told him I really don't want to, but I mean I got to help out the team because uh, you know I don't. I really don't want to be looked at for scouts as a quarterback because that uh that kind of profession is a lot harder than being a running back. Sure. Well, you see yourself as a in, in the pros as a running back. Oh yes, not sir. as a quarterback. Yes, our primary running back. What's the running back room like from the standpoint that between you and Justin, guy from uh, from uh, Western sure. Carolina, yeah, and so and Romare, I mean, there's talent, and um, and you all want the ball. How is it working? Got to have good personalities for it to work. Sure. Yeah. So we every practice, every game, we don't worry about reps worried about winning and that's what you're supposed to do as a teammate we're all selfless and we want the next man to be, a, be able to go out there and do what we can do so it's nice to see that everybody in our running back unit can do that thank you a lot to unfold there i mean uh, quickly he he went he re- reiterated what uh Romir said in our previous pod of the videos we played on how snaps don't matter it's all about winning he said that and he also said that because Mike, of course, asked him, it's something we also want to know about if or, you know, if he's going to play quarterback at all this year. And he says the team will probably rely on him, but he doesn't want, from a scouting standpoint, doesn't want to be able to uh, um, do that. He doesn't like doing that. So that's interesting. You know, he knows he wants, it's it's a lot easier to prepare as a running back, as he mentions Noah. So that's, that's pretty notable. Yeah, like you said, running back's a lot easier position. Uh if he's having to to juggle both things, uh, it makes it a lot harder on him, which we know he, he can do. But like you said, he doesn't really want to. But I don't think he'll spend – I mean, asking him to – like, I don't know if Mike's meaning play full-time quarterback, but we know that I'm sure he doesn't mind that the occasional – trick play where he's lined up in wildcat and he's throwing the little wheel route to Jacob Garrett or something. I'm sure that full-time quarterback was what I guess Mike was mentioning. Is that what you think? Yeah, definitely not just like those gadget plays and stuff like that. Yeah, like yeah, not like, cause I remember when I said that he, he might end up being because of his experience, his ability to throw deep ball and be not, not only the wildcat, but going to be like somewhat of a backup quarterback. But yeah, I mean, that was just me, like, and what I would want. But, yeah, you're, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, and the scheme-wise, he's just going to be a wildcat guy. He'll run the option. But th- there is those in our playbook, the trick plays, to throw the fake the run, Jacob Garrips running, sinking out of the backfield for a touchdown, as we've seen. But I really don't think that full-time quarterbacks in the conversation that he has made the switch from quarterback to running back, and, he, and it's better for the team that way. 
Yeah, and another reason why I said that that had potential is because we knew, especially adding Donovan, that how deep we were running back. That if we just did a four-man thing, in our in our eyes, you know, we wonder about the snaps, but they don't care about their snaps. So in the end, it doesn't matter. He said that they want him to. He doesn't want to play quarterback. So yeah, and we're thinking maybe I think another reason why I said that is because you know a lot of teams know about him so far. They know that he. That runs the wildcat and pretty much every time he's out there that he's going to run the ball so we're really hoping that yeah less maybe some play action anything that he could do in his days as a quarterback that we've seen before that he can somewhat do and you know here and there it's like he said he learning it yeah he's got to be in the room potentially sometimes but uh obviously you have to know like you know, read a defense, which I he's perfectly capable of doing that. He says that now, but he'll be ready to do it all once it, once it comes down to that. So, like I said, they know about the Wildcats, so it's all about stuff that teams already know that maybe we can just do some, like you said, trickery or just do something different in terms of what we've always been doing. And adding Donovan helps that big time. So, uh, that's good to know about what Javon says. He's arguably the MVP of this team. And, you know, who knows? Because we say that, we say he's the best player on the team, but adding this depth, who knows, you know, how much production he's really going to have this year. We know he's a preseason All-American, along with uh, Avante and Caesar. Not sure if he is actually, but, you know, the fact that he's looked at that way. He'll be number one on a lot of teams' reports going into the season offensively because um, we know that, you know, what's, you know, if they go back and look at tape of the postseason, what Stone's capable of doing – if you add in everything, and we know we had a high-powered offense, that uh, hoping that we can sustain that. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I know that they're not they're not worried about playing time, but I'm, I'm as a fan, I'm curious how we'll rotate that, and uh, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. I mean, one week, I mean, teams can't focus on just one of them because one week one will kill you, and the next and another may kill you. So that's going to be interesting. It's like uh, South Dakota State has the great duo of Piero Strong and Isaiah Davis. I mean, you can't just key on one because the other will kill you if you're not careful. You can't just say, oh, uh, Piero Strong is subbed out and uh, Isaiah Davis is in. We don't have to worry about him because we know what happened last year. They both ran for over 150 yards on us. So things like that. Uh, it's going to be cu- cool to see that how we'll rotate them in, I assume scheme-wise, but uh, I'm sure all four will get some playing time and it's going to keep all four of them fresh and maybe healthy. Bingo. And we mentioned, uh, you know, the fact that if he does line up under center, that you got to have, obviously there will be, he's not going to be the only one in the backfield, that there'll be another running back there with him for any type of anything that can happen. He could pitch it, you know, he could, anything that, you know, that, that soft quarterback does have him in there. You know, if we know Jacob Garrett could be in there too, you can have two next to him. And he can run, he can follow Jacob for a block, or he can hand it off. There's so many things he can do. That's why he says he doesn't want to do it, but we know how important of the aspect that it'll need to be. So, really, I understand you're right. And we've talked about it multiple times. We'll continue to talk about it. But until we see it happen, and until we see it unfold September 2nd at SEMO, that we'll, we'll have an idea of what uh, – have an idea of what's to come this season so yeah i think it uh, also it could be game by game uh maybe they have a better interior defensive line so javon and romere the two bulkier guys aren't going to be used as much we'll use our speed guys on the outside so it could be game by game uh i'm sure, like they said those four are not worried about the depth chart so but uh yeah it's gonna be interesting to see i'm so glad you mentioned that because 
That's so right. Every team's different, as we know. I think we'll do more of the strong style against like a SEMO, even though we've known they've produced potential NFL players on their defense. And we just saw recently for the Patriots, they have a wide receiver that was there that is making it and will probably make the team now. You know, overall, they have NFL talent. Their defense has always been good. Maybe if we go strong against them, but, you know, the point you're trying to make is, yeah, if we go into Kansas State, we know they'll be bigger and stronger. Might have to beat them with speed. So a lot of different things can unfold against different defenses. You're 100% right. And we know they know that. You know, we know from an offensive perspective, you know, some things that they bring out, like even the uh, game winner against Weber State, you know, it was like a do-or-die thing, you know. But all different kinds of stuff that Nick Hills pulled up his sleeve in terms of uh, play calls that we don't see coming. So any of that kind of stuff, I'm, I'm excited to see stuff that we wouldn't even expect out there to happen. So uh, he mentioned, obviously, he loves drawing plays for Nick Baker. So at any point, Nick Baker gets in the, gets in the games this season that something crazy might happen. His ability to do that. We know Stone could do the same kind of stuff. But Nick is uh, Nick has a stronger arm, and he's, he's arguably – we know he's a better player than Stone. It's just the fact that Stone's riding this way. We've talked about multiple times. So you're right – Every game is going to be different. Yeah, uh, glad you mentioned that. I know Nick did say in one of his videos, I don't know if we're playing or not, that if Nick doesn't get injured, he doesn't lose that job, so Stone never gets the opportunity. But, yeah, that Stone just has that, that – they call it the it factor to him that – Willing to take hits yeah, like, and do all that stuff. Like the it factor that when it's time to put on to, – to, to strap up the chin straps and play that he's going to make things happen. But we know Nick does that too, but something about stone, it just, it's different. I wonder if it's more of the fact that he can, he takes care of the ball more. We know he stone picks, but we know Nick does as well. I think Nick's more of a risk taker. Stone is more, we've seen him, we've seen them both do it, but I wonder if it's because he rarely turns it over or anything like that. What do you think? Not sure, uh, but that's – yeah, it's interesting to see. Uh, we know those two are the – Because they got here at the side. Stone's been here for how long? They've arguably both been here at the same time, right? They've been here at least – yeah, they've been been here. I think Stone came from a Juco, and uh, Nick came in as a true freshman out of Rochester. So and he uh, had a great career there. Oh, we were excited. Unbelievable. I've, I've seen him play in, in, or in high school, and he was unbelievable. He's more of a – not for his size, he's more like besides his size, he's more of a gunslinger type. He, but he can get out of the pocket and run a little bit. But uh, yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. We know it's coming down, as Nick says, it's coming down to those two and the one-two in the position battle for the starting job. It's uh, I th- probably think Stone will edge out Nick by a small margin. And then we think that's only because Nick's still rehabbing from his injury. He's he's there. But just, I think I think, I think he's too. full go by now. I, from his injury, we know that he's been he got hurt. But I have uh, I know Nick said last I think last probably he played on the played on the video that he's still working on some things. But I think I'm not sure. Just the way when he, Nick Hill talks about Nick Baker, something's there. So I wouldn't if he's if he's 100 like Javon just said he's 110 percent. If Nick Baker's 110 percent, it's going to be Nick Baker's job at CML. No, I agree with 100%. The more we talk about Nick and the more we think about how good of a player he is, that he's he's better than Stone. He's got a bigger arm. He can do the same stuff running the ball. You know, just the risk-taking is more there in terms of throwing downfield and causing turnovers. But, 
you know, in the end, you can live with that stuff as long as you're trying and you want to take it easy. You know, these little check downs or whatever, we know we have the guys to do that. So it's going to be so interesting. We don't know how any of this is going to play out. We have an idea, but it's all about seeing it unfold. And I'm there right there with you. I think if Nick Baker has a chance, I want him as our quarterback. You're right. So, but we, again, we might be whatever and on stone. Been there, done that in terms of success. So Yeah, I have trust in either of them. I mean, I know Nick Baker said the, probably the biggest – position battle is for the QB3 spot. And he said Stone Norton has came in and done a wonderful job. Didn't mention anything about Michael Lindenauer. Yeah, so that's interesting. Uh, we know they're both coming in from the FBS level, so that's interesting. But, yeah, I mean, either or, I mean, I know they'll both be ready, whoever wins it. I'm sure they just care about winning as well, so neither of them will be hurt, just like the running – like any group in this, they're, they just want to win. This team has the veterans. They all know – if they're playing or they're not playing, they're ready. They want to win a championship, and they are, they are built for that. And they know how close they were. They knew that they, they didn't allow South Dakota State to come back in that game. They go on and face Delaware without a quarterback. Who knows how that game unfolds? They arguably could have been in the big game anyway. So, yeah, it is crazy. They know how, they know how close they are. They don't care about who does what. You're, you're right on that. And, um so, yeah, and you're right. Lindauer, it's interesting he didn't mention him. We know Foss and Hunter Simmons are there as freshmen. They're not going to play. And we, we talk like there's going to be a revolving door at quarterback. Obviously not. It's just crazy to know that so many of these guys could potentially start that it's just going to be one of them. And barring injury or barring, you know, some, one might have to take a play out if one, you know, has his helmet comes off or anything that requires them to come off the field, someone's going to go on there, and I wouldn't say they would just take it easy. They're going to go for it. All those guys are ready. So September 2nd, in every facet of this team, we cannot wait to see how it all unfolds. Yeah, we played three quarterbacks last year because of injury, but we do know that, I believe, forget, I think it was the Northern Iowa game um, that that Correy started the game and – at halftime, Stone got the second half, and we came, we we won that game. Stone threw a ball to uh, uh, in the back of the end zone. Uh, shoot, I don't know, his name's slipping my mind. Receiver, receiver, Rollins. Yeah, Jerron Rollins in the back of the end zone to win that game. So to have two quarterbacks that we are fully entrusted with, then if one's not getting it done, who says the other doesn't get the second half of a game or something? You're right. And it's so, like you're wearing your Alabama national champion shirt. Jalen Hurts wasn't going to get it done. Tua came in and won that, that game for them. So who, if we have more than one quarterback, that's fine. Whoever wins the battle. But we know at halftime we can pull the string just like that. Couldn't agree more. And um, we know the talent that We know everyone's talented. That's, that's why – you know, it stinks seeing this thing about Bryson because we wanted our full team as it is, and we know since it's football that we're not going to get that. Somebody's going to get hurt, and it happens to be one of our most important guys because we talk how excited we are on things playing out and how things could go that we're, we're confident against anybody. And that's why at our fullest, we know we can beat anybody. I don't care who it is at this point. It's all about going out there and proving it and going out there and beating arguably – where was Simo picked in the OBC again? Tied for second. Tied for second with uh, Austin P. Right. That's correct. Was pick first. That so is it, correct. It's, it's crazy. I, I can't wait. We we mentioned how we're going to do a, a pre pod before the game and then after the pod post. You know, the next day, probably just an overcap of everything. We'll do that throughout the season. It's just insane. So we've talked a lot about this. There was a video about the offensive line. 
that we'll uh, we'll skip because even though it's a short video, we know Trevor Olson talks and some offensive offensive linemen talk. We know Savion talks. So yeah, just to say uh, what Trevor said real quick. He said uh, as long as we we have some veteran guys like we've been talking about, but as long as the five players won, that there ain't gonna be a problem. But he did say. He's confident, just like our defensive line. He's confident in eight or nine guys that if he had to had to play eight or nine guys, he could. He said it's up to now. It's just up to him to find the five best guys that play play well together. So that is just what he said, and they are working to together and getting better every day. So uh, they mentioned, I believe, in the video, they mentioned uh, Chase Evans, who stepped in at. He, he'll probably step in at guard for uh, Matt Chimileski, who is gone now. So that they mentioned him, and I believe they met, talked about Lucas Davis. and uh, Yeah, he had a quote, how our offense is going to go just depends on where we want to take this offense. Bingo. So those guys are confident. It says veteran O-line sets the tone, as they all were. And like, like we said, th- this line ended the season. We're thinking it's going to start the season. So it's good to see on that. We'll keep that short and sweet. So now, Noah, let's let's fly through some of this uh, remaining stuff. We mentioned uh, stats perform. We thought that they come out came out with something recently, a uh, rankings, and they had us at nine. But we we remembered that that was some James Madison guy who mentioned that. But this new one, the one that even the real account tweeted about, that they had us in the preseason top twenty-five, had us at number seven, and that's obviously better than nine. I you know because the other one had Weber State and other teams in front of us that shouldn't have been seven seems about right. Yeah, that's a little low in my opinion, but it's about right, as you can say. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's interesting. We know we know that the FCS is late August when it comes out, so we are still waiting on that one. But, yeah, seven's interesting. Uh, the teams that are in front of us obviously deserve it, and we know Weber State's in front of us who we beat. So, But I'm sure they're bringing everybody back as or close to everybody just like we are. And, uh yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Seven's a good spot, but I'd still say it's a little low, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, I agree. And we know we're up there, Missouri Valley teams, you know, with South and North. And uh, is that all? I, I would imagine. I didn't see the list, but I'm sure that's because we know uh, the reigning champ, Sam Houston's there. James Madison, who we mentioned, that guy who had the other rankings, but we know they're going to be good because, um, because uh, they uh, – even what's his name? Chan Haley had them as his he, – he picked the champion before the season would start, and he had – pretty sure he had James Madison. He had all those shirts on. He took them all off. James Madison was the team he thought that could win it all this year. Um, so that's interesting. So we know, obviously, throughout the whole country there's really good teams, and we know we're top three best in our own conference. So, yeah, seven's not too bad, I'd say. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty good. And as we talk about the teams we're playing this year – you know, Dayton, what would you say, in the top 200 it was or something, Dayton or 100, Dayton's like 98. Yeah. Somebody, it's just crazy. Think about all these other rankings, that how high we are, we need to live up to it. Absolutely, and uh, I know that, I, I assume the players see it, but they really don't care. They're focused on getting ready for September 2nd at SEMO. They're going to get better every day. So, yeah, but seven's good with us. Uh, not too bad, but a little low for me, but I'm okay with it. And, uh, I'm okay with that, and as long as uh, you're all right with it, we don't have to discuss it anymore. As we keep saying, FCS will come out, and we'll just either – these people will be wrong or they'll be right, one or the other, and we'll find out. I so. mean, I'll take more from the real one than the ones we've been talking about. So uh, 
I would say we're probably going to be from the five to eight range in the real one. Those are where the actual riders and coaches themselves uh, vote on it. So uh, we'll, we're waiting to see with anticipation. And you're, you're right, exactly. And we know we already mentioned the Fan Fest and that, what is this, 13 minutes ago, Noah, the Athletics Count tweeted this pep rally. When did this take place? I guess Today? I have no idea. It says, thank, it says, thank you, hashtag Salukis, for a great pep rally. Let's bring the energy this year. Uh, I guess those are students. students. looks like it, yeah, because we had no idea about this. If we can get the students in there, that would be oh, is awesome. This, is this maybe a minor welcome to maybe new students? At the, I know. Remember, remember these games, they bring them out and they all run that's down the correct. field. If this is that or not, I'm not sure. But yeah, we I'd say that's probably this. yeah. Well, that's probably our freshman class incoming, I would say. And it's, yeah, Pep Rally right. Chilias were out there. Some players were talking, so we'll get a taste of that on at the Fan Fest. That's yeah, I, as we talked to Brian Mullins at the open house, that if if he, he's going to talk to some people, he said he's going to talk to some people and get some ideas. But if we can get the students in there, that takes it to a whole other level. We know football, that the students like to tailgate, then they just stay outside to tailgate or they go home. So yeah, they, don't, they have no interest in the game. They don't really <laughs> come inside. We know probably maybe 50 or so come inside to actually watch the game, but others just stay outside to party or go home. We mentioned how that used to be – that that's in the past. We know – if they have an idea of anything, they know that we are good. And I know even on Sports Force, they were saying how good we are. And they were just talking about it in general. But hopefully everybody, whether they listen to that show or they just know in general, they followed us this past year, that we are good. Show up to the games. We know Absolutely. alumni go up to those, to the, you know, I even know some alumni that go up to those tailgates and stuff that ended up not going to the game. So everybody needs to come to the dang game this year. Yeah, I know they still they we've always called it and we still do call it the dog pound, but it's not really the dog pound anymore. Yeah, football. Yeah, football or this fan section of football is really taken up by the band over there. It's really not that great. We know as we've seen over the years, there's a couple SIU fans that you know are loud and proud. Not saying everybody needs to be like them. It'd be nice, but at least cheer. You know, we don't think we had any of that. We know for basketball they had that in the last couple of years, especially the Missouri State game for sure. We know basketball is getting better with student section, so we're hoping that keeps improving. Now I know let's quickly end on – we know we've already bought our tickets to the Kansas State game, but they had the tweet out again the other day about uh, how their tickets are on sale still. Get your tickets and cheer on the dogs. In Section 16 with fellow Saluki fans, you can buy them $30 a piece for that game in Manhattan, September the 11th uh, at 6 p.m. As we mentioned, we will be there We'll be there a day ahead of time. We'll, we'll get there so, so early. We'll check out these tailgates. We'll check out these sections. Like we said, we'll be posting when we get there. Be sure to uh, – we'll talk about all this again once it gets closer and closer. But we'll be there. Be sure to maybe come up to us and find out where we're at. Introduce yourselves if you would like to. So just put an update on that in case no one has their tickets. We're expecting – we know it's a long trip we'll be making, but you know it's not like dog fans haven't made long trips before. We know you know, we've mentioned before being for basketball. There will be fans in the Virgin Islands, we're thinking. So who knows? We know there are fans in, in Florida for uh, a couple of years ago for basketball. So we know if fans travel well, so be sure to get your tickets like we did. We will be about where, where would you say our tickets are, Noah? We are we are midfield, about ten rows up from the field on the Saluki on, side, on the yeah. Saluki sideline. So I believe that, if I remember correctly, I believe that's near section sixteen where SIU will be. 
Bingo. So that'll be all maroon now. We think we'll get a, a great eye at the sidelines at that point. That'll be the second game, obviously. We'll get a good eye at SEMO. We'll get great seats for that, and then we'll get an eye on the sidelines, see what's up there, so we'll get better looked for better content for our pods for post. So we'll, obviously what's on the field, but we'll, it's also noting what's happening on the sidelines. So I had to get that out there. Go get your tickets now. Um, so another great pod today. You know, it's all these things. It was a commitment. It was news about, you know, the uh, uh, forfeiting. That's huge news. And then obviously the breaking with Bryson. You know, this stuff will continue to happen before the season gets here. We cannot wait to keep bringing you guys this content. Every single time we come up with one, it's a little days in between. We're, we're, not, we're thinking we won't have a basketball one for a while. Unless you guys, anything crazy. Yeah, unless, unless you guys, yeah, do the mailbags like you should for this one. DM us, comment on our tweet, anything you want us to answer that we haven't already covered for the team because um, we know we've had some for football. Not a whole lot. We had a lot for basketball. Be sure to um, keep up on that. Notify us with that. Also, follow our Instagram dogs podcast. We'd be sure we posted about Ryan Shanley earlier. Put it on our uh, on our story. So check that out. So just keep updated with that. We we would love more followers on that to keep everybody posted on everything like we do on Twitter. So yeah, absolutely. Quickly before we wrap up things, I just want to mention that uh, do want to mention that the Bears and the Indianapolis Colts have stopped in the CSAU practice. We know we see that every year that throughout the almost the whole league stops in and looks at practice and I guess doing their scout a little early scouting for the draft I guess but uh maybe they talk or something it's good to see that they and uh mentioning one of talking about one of our commits I forgot to mention and the St. Louis Post Dispatch that on their on they're doing their top 30 uh super top 30 super countdown of the area's top senior prospects and Jalen Banks came in at number 16 i believe jimmy was at 21 when he was put on there so just to show we will uh, continue to update you guys on how their senior season going we'll throw in little tidbits in each uh either either whatever pod our preview pod or we'll, we'll have little tidbits in there we'll keep you updated we'll retweet and how our commits are doing and we'll keep you updated on that yeah i'm glad you <clears throat> said that because uh, yeah there were some things i feel like we were forgetting to add there you're right. It just shows the talent we're getting. If they're in rankings like that, um, forgot to add that in there. We know how you know talented Jalen is. We know Jimmy as well. It might be a little too low on that list. That just shows the area and how good you know we think they are. The people that are ahead of them, according to the dispatch. Interesting to see where Brian, Brian Brown lands. Exactly. So we'll keep you updated on that. Uh, great pod today. It was great. And you mentioned the teams that are coming in, that just drives those guys even more to have those aspirations. As we know, it's, it's possible. If you come to SIU, you will get Jeremy Chen is a perfect example. Michael Pruitt's a perfect example. You will find your way to the league. They will find you. Even Madre Harper, who was good for us, but he, he was an overall talent. You know, he wasn't anything groundbreaking with us, but the fact that he came here and he got, you know, people knew about him, they saw him, that now he's still, I'm assuming he's still on the Giants roster. So it's just crazy. Having these teams come in, you will find a way to get in the NFL. So come to SIU and prove it, and maybe one day your dreams will come true. I say we ended on that. Great final words on that. Um, until next time for Episode 12, this is Episode 11 of the Dogs Football Podcast. Nick Malone. No alert. See you next time. Go dogs.